Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the 50 Shades of K podcast with host Elizabeth K, a podcast designed to empower, enlighten, and entertain with perspectives that most women are thinking, but not always saying. This is 50 Shades of K. Is now the best time to start your own business? A lot has happened in 2020, and maybe you found yourself unemployed, or perhaps you found yourself completely burnt out with the job that you are doing. Well, I am joined with Mary Jacobs. Now, she is the founder of the Woman's Accelerator and the author of Sales Strategies for New Women Entrepreneurs, successfully transitioning from employee to entrepreneur. And she says that right now could be the right opportunity for women to actually tap into their entrepreneurial spirit and launch their own businesses. But how? Mary is here to answer those questions. Thank you for joining me, Mary. Elizabeth, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to spend some time with you and your guests this morning. Well, this is something that a lot of my friends and I have been talking about during this pandemic. There are many women in my life that are feeling like they are working so hard for a job that they can't stand. And they have dreams of launching their own business. But this is kind of a a scary, unpredictable time. How is right now possibly the best time to do this? Well, you know, this is such a great topic, and I think the timing is perfect because it's pretty clear right now that COVID is not going away anytime soon. I think none of us would have expected that in September, September 1st, we'd still be talking about COVID. So the fact that there's been high unemployment rates and furloughs and people very concerned about, you know, even if you have a job, maybe you don't feel stable that your job will be here in a few months. I think for anyone that has been considering starting a business, um, being an entrepreneur, that this is really an ideal time to be open-minded towards it and do some exploration to see if it's a good fit for you. Well, what do you think the future is going to look like? What are some of the trends that you are seeing? Well, I definitely believe the explosion of the gig economy is going to happen. I mean, it's happening right now where people that are losing their jobs um, will probably end up being contractors, maybe in the short term. And, you know, for some, it might be a long term. They really like being their own boss. But I would say for sure the trend of more and more people doing gig work, kind of the gig economy and being a contractor and potentially even going back to work for the company that they currently worked for, maybe got laid off or furloughed from, that is not shocking at all that that's kind of one of the avenues for employment. But surprisingly, what people don't know is that for women who are older, and I do a lot of work with women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, that this is actually kind of one of the prime times for women to be starting businesses and building sustainable companies. 
Why do you think that is? Why that age group? I think, you know what, it's a, a career, a corporate career likely, or a nonprofit organizational career. So they've had work experience. They have a professional network. They've got some money in the bank. And I think they're thinking, this is my time, possibly. You know what, I might just want to take back control of my work career, my reinvention, if that's what people are going to do, and say, I'm going to do what I want to do. And I want to really apply, I think, valid career work experience to a new business. Well, and Mary, like you mentioned with how unpredictable everything is, what also came with this pandemic, I feel for a lot of us, I know it did for me, was the reality of life is short and it can change on a dime. So you've got this one shot. If you've been thinking about it, go for it, don't you think? Absolutely. I just absolutely believe in that. And, you know, if there's fear right now, and, there, and a lot of us are dabbling in fear of the unknown, right? They just, we, we don't know. I, I, I quite frankly haven't talked to a lot of people that are 100% convinced that they're going to keep their job. Not that they're convinced they're going to lose their job, but there's that concern right now. Like, I don't really know. It feels very much out of control. Yeah. And so I think if you're willing to to think of, do I want to be an entrepreneur? Is this the right time? The best thing that you can do for yourself is do the pre-work. You know, do do the research. Be really, really thoughtful. You know, I hear people talking about, oh, I had a business idea and I wrote on the back of a napkin. And that's how my business got launched. And for some it might, but for most, they want to write a business plan. You know what? They want to take the time to do some research, to network, to talk to people, and to make sure that they have a valid business idea. What suggestions do you have for someone that is maybe getting started and just does have that idea on the back of the napkin? Who are the players that they should have in their corner to start their business? That's a great question. So I think you've got to have support from your family and friends at immediate yeah. circle, right? <laughs> but not everybody believes that, you know, oh, you should go off and do your own because if you're not entrepreneurial-like, it's hard to imagine that someone could be that much of a risk taker. So then you got to find communities, people that think like you because I do think that there are a number of different support groups that exist in every city. So you can find people that support women entrepreneurs. And you probably want to find some people that are in the stage of you are, you know, if it's that first year in business, who can help you, who can support you, who can be your cheerleader behind the scenes? Because, you know, many people will realize that first year there is an ebb and flow. There are some days that you're thinking, oh my gosh, I did the best thing. I'm so happy and, and proud of myself. And boy, and there are going to be days or weeks you're like, what did I do? I, I had a stable job, you know, with a salary and benefits and a retirement plan, and now I'm off on my own and I have to fund everything and pay for everything. Yeah. So you have to weigh that, right? The, the reward versus the risk. True that. And speaking of money, since people want to make money, but you have to spend money to make it. What if someone doesn't have the financial resources to do this? You know, and not everybody will. So what I would say to people is that you should plan and it's going to take you a little bit of money. So it might be a few thousand dollars. And the reason that you want to do that is to try to build a professional website, maybe invest in someone that can help you with marketing materials or SEO. But what happens if you don't have any money? Well, there's always a bank loan. And, and that's a valid way to get money. There's also um, financing through capital ventures. And, and we do know as women, we have harder access to be able to get um, the venture capitalists that support women. Although I do see a changeover in that trend. I do think more and more women, because there's more women venture capitalists that are supporting women. And then there's also crowdsourcing and crowdfunding. That might be a valid way for someone to get some kind of initial capital money to get started. But boy, if you can start with your own, if you've got some money in the bank to get you started, 
you can do it. You can launch a business without a lot of money, but I do think you want to invest some money and certainly time. Time and money, two mm-hmm. very crucial pieces to starting a business. Do you have any examples, Mary, of women that you have worked with who have overcome the challenges, perhaps roadblocks, and are on the other side of it now and successful? I have. You know, I've been fortunate. I've been doing this work for 11 years. I've worked with hundreds of women. So I've taught women. I've I've coached and consulted with women starting. And I I spend a lot of time what I call in the business narrative exercise. And that's really focusing what I call then the three E's on their experience, their expertise, and their education. And we spend a lot of time getting comfortable talking about that because those are your levers. That's what's going to get you in the door. That first year, you're going to want to leverage your background, your career work experience to start your new business. So I'm always surprised, though, I have to tell you, Elizabeth, when I start teaching a class, how many women are not comfortable talking about themselves. So right now, I'm working with a young woman who did work um, with Twitter and Salesforce as a contractor. But imagine if she's now starting her own business, and she gets to talk about that kind of corporate Fortune 500 company that she's worked with, that's a door opener for her, right? That's what she gets to do to say, I used to work with these big companies. That makes an impression out of the gate. So I want women to be able to think about what's my background, what companies have I worked with that I can talk about that people are going to be impressed with that's going to make a difference. And I've worked with a number of women from you know, attorneys, doctors, PhD consultants. And a lot of what we do is focusing on their messaging and their value proposition and how they get more comfortable talking about themselves. And you're right, though. Women, we don't do that. We, we, don't, we don't maybe feel comfortable doing that at times because we feel like, oh, okay, might come across as bragging. But this is a time where if you, if you ever wanted to, or needed to sell yourself, it's when you're selling your idea and your business. So it's crucial to get past that discomfort. Totally is. And I often say to women when I teach a class, it's not about competence, but it's about confidence. Because Mm -hmm. you could line up sitting next to a male colleague any day of the week, and you're as qualified. And we could say this even in in the work environment. Women don't apply for jobs unless they think they meet 100% of the criteria. A male would say, hey, I get, you know, 50% of that. I'm going to go for it. And so we've been kind of ingrained, sadly, for a number of years to kind of think like that. And so it's the same thing when we start off in our businesses. And I also tell people, don't be 100%. If you're 60 to 70% ready to go in your business, get out the door and talk to people and start marketing. And then you're going to learn how to pivot in your messaging if it's not resonating with some people. And the internet is just full of opportunity and resources and ways to connect with people. When you talk about research and talking with people or trying to build a website, perhaps you can get connected with someone that is in school trying to build their own resume. So maybe it won't cost as much if they build your website. I mean, there's other avenues of ways you can start this business that maybe won't cost a lot of money, but because the internet, the opportunities are endless of who you can connect with. It is, and I think there's a lot of good free resources available. You just got to go find them and and spend some time. So there's a number of webinars that are available. SCORE is a great organization. I've been involved with SCORE for many years. I was a SCORE counselor, which is part of the Small Business Administration. The Small Business Administration in general has good websites. In every local city, you know, there's the WeBank, which is getting certified as a women-owned small business. Great information available on websites. So you can find organizations, you can find women, you can find mentors, and men. It doesn't always just have to be that you're mentoring right. with women. Um, but there are a number of resources available for people, but you've got to invest the time. And I do say you want to invest some money, too, because 
not everything um, free will give you what you need. So know that you're going to spend a little bit of money. A little bit of money might be two or $3,000 for some people, and they're out the door. And you can circle back maybe at a later time when you've got more money if you want to upgrade your website and do more with your website. Yeah, and I mean, there may be some roadblocks and challenges. I mean, in the first year, I would imagine it can be it can be pretty hard. How do people work through those challenges? That's a great question. And I think what surprises people probably as much as anything is about accountability. Because when you've been in a structured corporate environment or a nonprofit organization, right, you know what you're supposed to do. You know what's expected of you every week. Now you got to hold yourself accountable. That is a big challenge that people, I think, are probably ill-prepared for. It can also be lonely, um, you know, when you're doing this all on your own in the beginning. And not everybody aspires to build a company. Some people want to have a practice. You know, if you've been a marketing professional or a sales leader, now you want to go off and train or consult. Um, you know, you might just want to be a company of one. So then you got to find your people. Where are other women or men that are out there in your, you know, in your environment that you can connect with and network with? Because there's challenges. It takes longer than you expected it to take. It's going to cost more money than you expected it to cost. Um, and it doesn't happen overnight, right? So you've got to find ways that you can stay motivated when you don't feel motivated. What are some of those ways that people can feel motivated if if maybe they are feeling a little defeated or it's not going as fast as they would like? Well, you know what? I personally, and I I don't know about you, but in my lifetime, I've always been really attracted to entrepreneurs. I love the story of how you can take a concept and build a company. So I love magazines like Inc., Entrepreneur, Forbes, um, Fast Company. Those kinds of magazines with profiles of women who have built companies, to me, are very inspirational. I was just talking to, to somebody yesterday in, in Boston, and we were talking about using Sarah Blakely as an example, who I think is a wonderful role model for an entrepreneur. Now, most people are not going to be billionaires like Sarah Blakely is, but you can learn from how she had an idea about Spanx, right? And then she, yes, we, we, all, we all know Spanx. <laughs> we all know, exactly. So if you think about how she, she's like, I am going to get, I'm going to convince people how good my product is, right? She went and flew out and she pulled somebody into the the dressing room and she could show the difference. So who are our role models that you admire? And again, I don't think everybody has to build a big company, but find, find avenues of people that have been successful in marketing and selling themselves and then duplicate that if that works for you. But also kind of find your comfort zone. If you're an extrovert, some of sales might be you know, more innate. If you're more of an introvert, you think, oh, I don't like selling myself. So you've got to get past your comfort zone. You've got to be bold, right? And you've just got to kind of live in that un- unrest until you get there because you know that's going to take a lot of no's to get to the yeses. Yes, and be okay with the no's. You Absolutely. talk to anyone that's successful, whatever th- that success may be. It may be academically. It may be in business. It may be in athletics. There's failure in there. And there's something to learn from that failure. And that's that's how you grow and really get those successes. That was something I think when you as you get older, I had to learn more and more, too, that the nose you learn from them you, and, you be, and you become a little bit stronger because of them, too. And, and, and the feedback, you know, sometimes the critique can be like, oh, it stings in the moment. But boy, if you can take that and learn from it. One of the things that I say to people, too, is that you, you there's a point, and I see this trend with women, is that we have a tendency to, like, an almost over-network, meaning we talk and talk to so many different people, and then our head spins. And so I always say to people, great to network 
worth your while. You're probably going to pick up nuggets of information that maybe you hadn't thought of. But know when to stop networking and start executing because you could talk and talk to talk to people, right, for months and then not ever get out there and try to sell. So I think sometimes you got to realize there is a time frame and set a realistic time frame kind of from start to finish when you actually launch, like all that preparation and research all will pay off. But it doesn't have to be a year. I mean, you could launch a company in months and be very successful launching because you've done your pre-work and your homework, you've written a business plan, you've talked to people. But there are some traps of perfectionism that I think is a tendency for women uh, more so than men. And when I talk about it, when I teach classes, I get the, the heading, the nods heading, like, oh, yep, that's me. I'm nodding right here in the studio <laughs> listening to you. I'm like, oh, yeah, what, perfectionism? I know nothing about that, Mary. <laughs> right? But but if we can be aware of it, we can laugh about it. Like, And that's why we offer good companies, because we take pride in the quality of the service or the product. You know, that's our business. It's our brand. It's who we are. Uh, but there are things that we could try to do to be more aware. What can we do to be more successful well i think there's it's really poignant what you said that you can over network because that can sometimes take you into the land of overthink because everyone's story is going to be different and you don't want to compare too much i mean you want to learn from what they're doing but yeah know when it's time to say all right i'm going to actually do this and is there is there a a a point that that you know of that you've seen where someone is ready to go that they're ready to launch this anything that you can add to that you know, that's, that. I think it varies by person. So I think that's a really good question to ask. So if someone were to say to me, gosh, by December 15th, should I set that as a date? That maybe is your goal right now that you've set. You've got to have milestones. If you don't have milestones, I don't think you're going to accomplish what you need to accomplish. And that's hard when you're solo, when you're doing it by yourself. So I can't give you a hard and fast on that because everybody is different. The pace at which they're preparing or they're building their confidence along the way and they're they're doing that pre-work and talking to people. But I would say, you know, two to three months on the, the kind of on the short end of it, up to six months, I don't think you need to be kind of in this mode for more than six months. I think that's even kind of on the long side because it can push you into delay. Now, I say more probably for professional services. If you're doing product development and, you know, proof of concept with customers and like, that's a different story. Yes, because that sometimes the delay isn't on, is it because of you? Absolutely right. And you might be manufacturing overseas or finding a, so all that's a little bit different. I tend to work primarily with women in professional services and I don't see a reason that it's going to take them months and months to get their business business launched. And if someone are going to get laid off in September, they could be in business within two months because they're going to have that corporate background and experience, but that's probably what they're going to start. Some people too think, you know what, I don't want to be a marketer anymore. I want to do something else. And that's perfectly fine. But I think most people tend to use their work experience as kind of their door opener, their their launch idea. Yeah. And you mentioned with women that are in the age bracket of 40s, 50s, and 60s, mm-hmm. they have a network of, of people, they have experience, of people that will likely and hopefully support you as well. This is all great information. And I can hear, Mary, your passion about this and and you and you believe it and we need people to start businesses i mean this is also a great way to keep this economy going as well and why not take the risk a friend of mine moved from wisconsin to florida to finally start a catering business with a relative who he's been talking about for years and he thought Am I going to stay here in Wisconsin and accept unemployment or go down in Florida and finally see this dream through 
and get, and get unemployment down there should it not happen. And we were like, it's COVID. Do it. Why Do not? It. What do you have to lose right now? Because everything is getting flipped on its head. So this can be a great time to start a new business. It absolutely can be. And, you know, and and you've got to find it within yourself. Because I, I don't know anyone that's 100% convinced that you're doing the right thing, right? Because there's risk involved with it. You're, you're putting your sure. livelihood potentially at risk and the like. But, but if you have an inkling, if there's something in the back of your mind that's been kind of mulling and nulling and, and percolating for a while, I think, you know, explore it. But I do really want to part, just like we're talking about right now, do, do the work. Don't just launch without... Don't just write it on the back of a napkin. I mean, I love those stories, but I think those are far and few between. But that's but those stories. Yeah. What did you say though, Mary? I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's where it starts. It may start there, yep. but, th- but it, it did grow into something else. And like you said, talking to people, getting your finances in order, a business plan, finding some support. I mean, yeah, because you're not just going to on a whim perhaps buy a house not know anything about it, price, nothing, what it's going to cost. I mean, that would be foolish. So the same thing with business. This is an investment. This is something you're hoping to be successful at. You should do your homework on it. And we got to remind people of that and and realize that it takes longer, right? So the back of a napkin to get an idea, great. I'm all in for that. But I do think people have got to do more work just, just to ensure that they've got a higher rate of success. Well, and that's where Mary can help if you're online Visit her website, thewomansaccelerator.com, helping women build thriving practices. And her book, if you're interested, Sales Strategies for New Women Entrepreneurs, Successfully Transitioning from Employee to Entrepreneur. And if you're listening to this podcast right now, and this is getting those excited butterflies going, it's probably time to explore what it is you've been dreaming about doing, because 2020 has taught us. Life is short, and it can change in a second, so why not go for it? Mary, thank you for sharing your knowledge with us today. Really appreciate the time, and I'm excited to see what next year and even beyond that will bring to the table when it comes to new business ideas and entrepreneurs that are taking the world by storm. Well, and thank you, Elizabeth, because your forum reaching a lot of different women in particular makes all the difference, doesn't it? I mean, so people can think, hey, that could be me. So I thank you for this opportunity to talk to you this morning. And hopefully we've had a chance to to inspire some women to think, well, maybe this is my time. Yeah, maybe it is. And hopefully it is. Thank you so much, Mary. I hope to have you back maybe on the podcast in the future if you're willing. I'd love to be back anytime. Great. Thank you so much. And you be well. Thank you. You too. This has been the 50 Shades of K podcast with host Elizabeth K. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.